Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Welcome to Growing the Gospel. It's great to be here with you as we are in Ordinary Time now. So we had Corpus Christi Sunday, we had Pentecost, we had Trinity Sunday, Ascension Sunday, we had the Easter season, we had Lent. Now we're back to Ordinary Time. This Sunday, our gospel comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. So as always, just want to encourage you to get out your Bibles, get out your catechism, and to really dive deeply into the Word and let the Word convict your heart. Last week, we t- or a few weeks ago, we talked about the Spirit of Truth convicting our hearts, and the Lord still wants to set us free and watch us live in accord with his will. He's going to challenge us this week in the gospel, so we got to make sure that we're ready, but also that we're committed. Our gospel from Luke, chapter 9, verse 51 through 62, begins with, When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him, because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And he answered him, Let the bed bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks at what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Tough gospel. This is not easy. I'm going to try to open it up a little bit here for you and help you maybe understand where Jesus is coming from because we enter in the gospel of Luke. And we enter into Jesus, you know, his days to being taken up, which means to the cross, to heaven, are fulfilled. And he resolutely determined to journey towards Jerusalem. When he's talking about making a resolution, this is what he came to do. And you and I also have to make a resolution in our lives to go to Jerusalem, to let die what needs to die in us so we can experience the resurrection in our own lives. A lot of people don't like doing that because then they might have to actually deal with reality and look in and see what's not right in their lives. For you, are you spending time with a crucified Christ? Are you spending time with Jesus in his passion to remember what he did for you every day? In that time of you know, being taken up, 
talks about you know, the ascension, which we just went through. And the Jewish tradition holds that both Moses and Elijah were assumed into heaven and that both imparted a share of their spirit to their successors. You can see that in Deuteronomy 34.9 and 2 Kings 2, 9-15. So Jesus will likewise ascend into glory and pour out his spirit upon his followers, which we just read in Acts 1, 8-9. And he set his face, you know, and you and I have to set our face to Jerusalem. So Jesus now begins a, journey, a long journey to Jerusalem, and when he arrives, he will denounce the city for rejecting his message. He'll do it in chapters 13, 17, 18, and 19 of Luke. And it even says that he sent messengers ahead of him and he went to a Samaritan village. And we have to remember, Samaritans <clears throat> did not like Jews. They don't mix, you know. And Jesus came to save all. So for you and I, we are Samaritans. And from a priest's perspective, it's very, very hard to evangelize people who don't have any Jewish history. And the Samaritan territory, just to give you a little history, the Samaritan territory lies in central Palestine between Judah which is the southern kingdom in Galilee, the northern kingdom. So historically, Jews and Samaritans were bitter enemies who worshipped in rival sanctuaries, the former in Jerusalem and the latter at Mount Gerizim. You can see that in John 4.20. So although the Samaritans were distant descendants of the northern tribes of Israel, the Jews considered them pure because, excuse me, because their ancestors had intermarried with foreign immigrants and honored foreign gods. You can find that in 2 Kings 17.24. But despite centuries of animosity, Jesus shows mercy toward the Samaritans and even praises them, or some of them. You can find that in Luke 10.33, Luke 17.11-19, and John 4.39-42 with the woman at the well. So many of Samaria, many from Samaria embraced the gospel in the early church. You can see that in Acts 8.14. But they would not receive him because he wanted to go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, also known as the sons of thunder, when they saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down upon them? The disciples were so full of zeal, but lacking in mercy. And this episode illustrates, again, why James and John are called the sons of thunder. The disciples which, which wished Jesus to follow the example set by Elijah who called down fire to consume messengers from the king of Samaria in 2 Kings 1, 9-14. So Jesus is showing a new way of spreading the good news. But notice how they go to another village, and as they're walking, and you and I do the same thing, we turn to God and say, you know, I'll do, I'll do whatever you want, God. But Jesus calls our bluff. Because foxes have holes and birds have dens, and birds have, air, have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another one says, you know, he says, no, follow me, simply follow me. But the excuse comes up, well, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Well, it's a sacred responsibility and a practical extension of the commandment to honor one's parents. But the duty of Christian discipleship is more sacred still. Another says, you know, Lord, let me go bury, or Jesus says, let, let the dead bury their dead. 
But our, our goal, our job is to proclaim, go and proclaim the kingdom of God, which is Jesus. Another says, you know, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go, but first let me say farewell to my home. And Jesus says, which I, this is the image I want us to focus on. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. How many of us say, I'll do it, but I never go. We always postpone our commitments to the kingdom in a tantamount in, re- or tantamount in, in rejecting it. So Jesus shows himself more demanding than Elijah, who permitted Elisha to kiss his parents goodbye before following him in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. You know, when you set your hand to the plow, you have to look forward and set your face towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. Because if you're focused on the cross, you can make straight lines. Ask a farmer, they use the trees as points to make straight lines, straight, straight lines in their fields. But if they look back, it's a crooked line. And Jesus is saying, focus on the tree of life. Focus on the tree that I was nailed to, to save you. But a lot of us, we like to do is put our hand on the plow and maybe take a selfie and say, hey, I was at church. Hey, I did this. But then we never do anything. What say you? Will you make a commitment to actually go proclaim the gospel of the Lord, get formed, talk to your priest, talk to people at your parish, and saying, how can we never look back? How can we move forward? How can I encounter you, Lord Jesus, and your passion. The song I'm going to play for you is called No Turning Back. I'm sorry, All That I Need by Joe Zambone. And all you need to do is to invite Jesus in and ask him to go to work in you and to work through you. As St. Francis of Assisi would say, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. But that peace comes with a cost, which is the cost of the cross. Know my prayers for you this day and every day. But ask our Lord, beg our Lord, to help you surrender it all. And to keep your face towards Jerusalem, so you can keep your hand on the plow, even if it bleeds. Know my prayers. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. i
I love you. 